Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. And we started a series three weeks ago called Algorithm, and um, we've been talking about different rhythms in our life that that if we don't understand the truth of God's word, our life is going to be whacked out in certain areas. I mean, if we don't know that God is, is it, it, that works in rhythms, God works in systems in our life, man, we're only going to go within what we feel, what people tell us how we are, people identify how, who we are. No, we have to know what God says that we are. We have to walk in the rhythms of what God has called over our life. And if you know what an algorithm is, you know, kind of been on social media for a little bit, the other day, um, Jess, me, Jess, Jess and I, me and Jess, this is a horrible thing. Jess and I were, um, we were, you know, the, the couples, you understand, you, you get around like five o'clock, six o'clock, the, the dreaded word comes out, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? And then you just have a, a six-hour conversation about what's for dinner. You get, you get there at 10 o'clock, and you're like, we, we still haven't ate, so we're eating cereal. Okay? But, um, but this time, we, we were kind of deciding what we want to eat. And, um, you know, we, 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 we love DoorDash. Who loves DoorDash, right? Even if we're paying $6 more, we're going to DoorDash, okay? Um, so we look at DoorDash, and you're like, oh, what do you want? And then Jess said, oh, I bought Outback. I said, nah, I don't want Outback and everything like that. And I'm on social media, and literally an ad popped up for Outback, and I was started casting out some demons. I was just like, not today, Satan, because they're listening to us. It's called an algorithm. They, 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 uh, you know, social media, they, that's how they give you ads. That's how they show you things that, have you been on social media one day, and you're like, hey, I never thought about this, but it pops up, and you're, oh, you're like at the checkout line to, to you're like, wait, whoa, you're like, you get out of that, you know, that, that trance, you're like, wait, what the heck's going on? You know, like, they got you. They got the algorithm, got you. But we have to understand that in our life, uh, there's some rhythms that we have to understand. Then it comes to good times, bad times. We have to see God's rhythms in our life. There's going to be things that, it, it, let, me, let me give you a, a newsflash. There would be things in your life that just pops up. And if we don't understand who we are in Christ, that thing that pops up in our life that sometimes is a negative thing would then identify us of who we are. And we start walking in a rhythm that is not what God's called us to be, not what God's called us to, to, to live out. And we're going to talk about these. We've been talking about for the past couple weeks uh, about that. But today I want to talk about three different rhythms that if we don't identify these, and they're very, they're very uh, it, it, it's in a every day of our life rhythm. It, we it, it's it's like we can't hold on to these things. We have to make sure we're trusting God in everything we do when it comes to these rhythms. See, sometimes people want a breakthrough or or want the promise of God, but they are operating in wrong rhythms, and the breakthrough is sometimes stalled because we hate this thing called timing timing. There's this, there's this evil thing that happened to us a couple weeks ago. It's called daylight savings time. It messed up everybody's rhythm, right? It, it comes twice a year, which I don't know if they're probably, it's probably ended today, this year. I don't know. Somebody's trying to get rid of it. Um, but so you wake up one day 
like around, we wake up at 7 o'clock every day because we get the kids ready, ready to go. And, and then one, in one day, we wake up and it's bright. I mean, you're ready to go. And then you get in the rhythm, your body gets in the rhythm of like, hey, you know, like it's bright at 7 o'clock. But then that one dreaded day happens. Like this one thing happens. You move the clock forward or back an hour and it changes everything. And now you wake up at 7 o'clock and it is pitch dark and that bed bed feels good. You're like, it's still midnight. What's going on? Because your rhythm is off. Your rhythm is off. It's a timing issue. We hate it. The timing was adjusted and it messed up the rhythm. What happens when the timing in your life is adjusted? What happens when God just some things in the time that where you thought you needed a breakthrough, but God said, hey, wait. Where, where, where those times where you said, God, I was faithful, but God said, hey, 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 wait. It's the worst feeling whenever you feel like you need to move forward, but God sometimes says, hold back. It's a timing issue. And if we don't understand this rhythm of timing, in the Bible it talks about, it, it, it says this word, tarry. To Terry, not the YouTube thing. Hey, Terry. No, not that thing, okay? Uh, it's to Terry. It's to, what does Terry, Terry mean? It's to remain, to stay, to stay in place, a delay or tardy in acting. See, we have a mindset. We don't have this mindset of tearing uh, in, in our life, to, to waiting on the Lord. And sometimes we exit seasons in our life where we should have stayed because we don't have the concept of wait. See, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7 says, Humble yourself, be, um, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and in the what? Proper time, he will exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. The problem is, is we don't mind typing, uh, timing, but we want the proper timing in our timing. And if we don't operate in our rhythm that we think needs to happen, we, we start doing things and, and, and entering relationships and entering jobs that we're not supposed to be in because God tells us to wait. What if the promise that you have is on the other side of your wait? What if the promise that you're praying for is on the other side of your wait? First Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that you shall perish, but that all should um, reach repentance. I love that part where it says, but he's patient towards you. Because God knows it's hard to wait sometimes. But be encouraged that while you wait... He's still patient. He's still patient towards you. And we see here uh, this word tarry, that tarrying and waiting on the Lord. We see that the people that were closest to Jesus himself was horrible at this. The disciples themselves, God told them to wait as he was about to get crucified. In Mark chapter 14, verse 32 and 42, let's read it here. It says, in Gethsemane, they were, uh, there was a place in Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John, and along with them, and began to deeply distress and trouble. God said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said that the, stay here and keep 
watch. See, that was the, that was the thing. He said, disciples, stay here and keep watch. And, go, and going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that it is possible that the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, and yet not my will, but your will be done. Even Jesus had to say, hey, it ain't about me. It's about you. So if Jesus has to do it, don't you have to do it? It's at his timing. See, Jesus himself could have been like, hey, angels, hey, let, we, we ain't doing this. I know the plan, but like, hey, it ain't happening. But he said, not my will. He basically said, hey, I feel the agony. I feel the anxiety. I feel what is on me, but not my will, but your will. Are we operating in feelings or in truth? Because that's where it has to come, is my will or your will. Then, the, then he returned to the disciples and found them sleeping, snoring, gone. Simon said to Peter, uh, um, Simon, uh, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? And we see this happens three times with the disciples. Jesus goes back and back and back, and he said, hey, you missed it. You missed it. What if God sometimes tells us to sit and wait and because of our drive to continue to try to be the best and, and try to do what's right and, and we, we think we listen to God, but we're really listening to our, our, our feelings, we miss what God is doing. We have to have this understanding. We have to build this kind of mindset in our life. The mindset is this, an even though mindset. Even though. Let me explain this to you because this is not spoken over our culture a lot. This is not, this is not told in our culture. In our culture right now, it's like if you don't like it, do you. If you don't want this, do, get away from it. Exit it. But there's a concept in the, in the promises of God that it, there, there's something that does to your life and to your soul when you say, even though, even though, even though my feelings aren't there, even though I don't feel like the support is there, even though my family don't understand it, even though I feel weak in this situation, even though that the resources are not there, even though I still trust and I still believe. That's a hard place to be, but it's a rhythm that we have to live in because here's the reality. Life is going to hit. Things are going to happen in your life. And if you don't have some grit about you, the even though mindset is saying, hey, I don't care. Even though they, they hurt me, even though they quit on me, even though all these things happen, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I know who I am. The problem is, is people don't have an even though mentality is because they're identifying with their issue and not with their God. Because when you identify with God, he brings some promises on your life. He brings some identity. He says, hey, hello, my name is a child of God. No, I am not anxiety. No, I am not depression. I might feel it, but that's not who I am. I stand on his word. I come, I serve, I give, I love. Even though I don't feel it, I still believe. I still believe. But there's some things and some rhythms in our life that happens that we need to operate in, in this even though mentality. Number one is the word uncomfortable. Ooh. 
uncomfortable. I'm going for you next day, girl. Because we have to learn these things. We are too, let me stop. Let me just keep on going. We need to have the, you know, there's a rhythm to your comfort. I love being comfortable. The pillow has to be the right way. The AC has to be good. If my, if I, if I know when the AC is not at 74 or lower, if it's at 75, it's like one degree. I'm like, well, who put the heater on? Who, you know what I'm talking about. I, uh, I, I, I have a routine sometimes, you know. I, 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 I go, I brush my teeth, I have to put my retainer on like a 14-year-old kid because I've got braces a couple years ago. I was like this, and I come in, I'm like, Jess, hey, you know, I, I, I routine, but then I get my blanket. I have my own blanket, okay, my own blanket. If Jess has my pillow on her side, I love her and I care about her, but she's, no, I, the, I take it back what the, the enemy has stolen. I, and I, I put it, I have to have the two pillows with my pillow this way and my blanket, and then I am three, two, three minutes, I am out. Jess knows, don't start watching a movie with me at night because I like to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. There is a rhythm to comfort. But let me tell you, in life, sometimes comfort is a lie. We try to be so comfortable in our life that we're truly not growing in the Lord. Because comfort only gets you so far until your character shows. It, 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 it happens in, in, the, in your life. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, but, do not, but be doers of the word and not just hearers. And it says, don't deceive yourself. Like, we have too many people that are just hearing and not doing. They, they love the comfort of the word of God, but they don't like the correction of what they need to operate in. Too much. This is too much because I'm speaking to myself because the reality is we like comfort because comfort doesn't, make, comfort doesn't make us accountable. Accountability is the heart of God. It's denying yourself. It's picking up your cross daily. and That's accountability. The cross is still it's heavy, but God says, hey, pick it up and move it on. See, we have to understand there's this rhythm. We can't just hear it in the comforts of the hearing. Man, we need to act it. We need to be in it. We need to do what he tells us to do. See, this time, it's a little uncomfortable, but when we, we, we need to know that, that in life and activating our faith, uncomfortable situations will come, and it will come for you to show your faith. Uncomfortable situations will come for us to operate in our faith. There's a, there's a story in Luke chapter 5, verse 17 and 39. We heard this story before, but it, it, it's so important how he had to be in an uncomfortable situation for him to receive his healing. And it says this in verse 17. On, on one of the days while Jesus was teaching, some proud religious law keepers and teachers of the law were sitting by him they had come from every town and countries in Galilee, in Judea, and Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was to heal them. Some men took a man 
who was, who was not able to move his body to Jesus. He was carried on a bed. They looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was, but they could not find a way to take him in because there were so many people. They made a hole in the roof over Jesus, over where Jesus stood. Then they let the bed of they let the bed with the man, the sick man, on down before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Friends, your sins are forgiven. Let me give you some context of what's going on. If you, back in the days, in the, in the biblical days, if you had some kind of issue, if you were paralyzed, or people looked at you as if you were like horrible. <laughs> like sometimes they would tell you, hey, you need to be on the outside of town because they didn't understand the sicknesses. So you were outcasted when you had a physical, especially if they, if they saw it like you couldn't walk or anything. So this man obviously could not walk. So he was already an outcast. He already was in an uncomfortable situation. People will pass him and he will feel less of. The people will, will walk by him and he will feel like he's not worthy of people even looking at him. Sometimes they will, they will literally sit on their mats with their heads down because they felt no worth, no purpose, because they were only an outcast. They were identified by their issue, not identified by what they were can become. So this man was so down on himself, and get, they, thank God he had a couple friends that had a little bit of faith. So look at this, uncomfortable. He was already uncomfortable because what's happening with him. And now his friends had this great idea. Listen, we look at this as like, oh, this is a faith thing. Yeah, but it is also an awkward thing, okay? The guy's already uh, embarrassed of what he has. Now his friends wake up one day and say, hey, we saw this Jesus guy at this place. Hey, we're going to pick you up. Oh, uh, Already the man is uncomfortable, but now his friends are picking him up into town. Now there's a spotlight on his issue. Think about this. Let's like be practical a little bit. Like there's friends picking up to get to your healing, but you feel less of because you're embarrassed and you're uncomfortable. And, and, and what if the guy, if I was the guy, I'd be like, hey, just put me back. Put me back in my comfort zone. Put me back in the place that nobody really talks to me. Put me back in the place. I, I know that you're trying to, have you been there before when you know people are trying to help, but you still feel uncomfortable, you don't want it? This is probably where the man was. But on top of it all, the guy's like, all right, let's roll. I mean, whatever. Then they get to the place, and there's a crowd. Now the spotlight. They're going through crowd. The, the, on this bed, they're going, and now the spotlight again. There's a crowd now looking at this man. You ever feel so embarrassed? You're like, I want to crawl in my hole. Now the spotlight again. Then the friends had this horrible idea. Hey, if we can't go into the door, let's get on the roof. If I was this guy, I would have quit already. I'm already embarrassed of how people view me. I'm already embarrassed that I have this issue. Not only did you pick me up to really embarrass me more through the town, now the crowd is here, and now you're trying to lift me up on a roof, and then your friends are like, hey, I got a good idea. Break the roof. Break the roof. 
I don't know about you. People, if I'm there, I'm like, I'm not looking at Jesus at this moment. I'm looking at the idiots on the roof breaking it. But here's the thing. The guy had to go through uncomfortable situations, but he found his healing on the other side. It was very uncomfortable for the guy. But if he quit in the midst of the uncomfortable situation, he could never operate in faith and get his healing on the other side. See, this is where we are sometimes. We, God tells us to do uncomfortable things. God tells us to talk to that family member that we didn't talk to for years. God tells us to talk to that to that co-worker. God tells us to, to, to give that offering. God tells us to go an extra mile. God tells us to do these uncomfortable things that are probably outside of our normal life. But if we don't do it, what if you're holding back your promise? Sometimes uncomfortable stinks, but uncomfortable is the place you need to be. Because it makes you not rely on yourself. It makes you rely on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is waiting for you. Listen, are you running from are you running to your comfort zone or are you tearing down the roof in your life? Are you saying, I'm just good, I'm just fine just being here? Or are you saying, No, I need to get to Jesus? If I have to tear a roof apart, if I have to go through the town, if I have to be a little uncomfortable, I'm gonna get to the place that I can be healed. The healing wasn't more important than what he was feeling. And that's where we need to be in our life. Comfort zone doesn't lead to growth. We need to make sure that we get to Jesus. Eleanor Roosevelt said this one time, said, do one thing every day that scares you. Do one thing every day that scares you. Because in that, Faith is operated, and you can live out. Well, God, here's, this is what, this is what the, and I'll, I'll pass this. It says comfort, the comfort zone means I'm satisfied. But being uncomfortable means he only satisfies. Say that again because somebody needs to know that. When you just, when you're in comfort zone, you're like, hey, I'm just okay. I'm satisfied. But sometimes it, the uncomfortable situations put our reliance back on, hey, he only satisfies my need. And that's where we need to change our mind. Comfort zone is not the end. No, it's us to grow in the midst of the situation. Number two, one way we need to grow is in our pain. Woo! Pain. My mom used to call me pain in the butt. Still calls me that. We can't move forward in the right rhythms because sometimes the pain of the situation, the pain of life is too much. And we try to medicate it with things that are of this world. But if we don't identify the pain, we can never get the healing. So many people are living in a pain that God told you to leave it years ago. But the pain is real. I'm not trying to be, I'm not going to be one of those pastors today like, hey, just put the spirit on it. Pain is real. And we have to 
get the rhythm. We have to find our rhythm in the midst of the pain. But the reality is this. Pain is real, but you're not supposed to stay in your pain. You, you can't operate in your pain. We see another story here in John chapter 5, verse 3 and 9, of a man that he was in a lot of pain and was looking for his healing. And it says here in verse 3, in, the, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the move of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the waters. And whenever who, who stepped in first after the water was stirred, they were well, whatever disease that they had. Now a certain man was there who had infirmities for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that he already had been there in that condition for a long time with the pain. He said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man said to Jesus, sir, I have, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps before me. And Jesus said to him, rise and take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was well and moved on. This pain of feeling not good enough. The pain of not feeling like you can measure up. The hurt that they hurt you with. I can't reach my healing. What if in reality your healing your your healing is not horizontal by reaching? What if your healing is vertical by standing? Cuz this guy was laying and the goal was to get to the pool for his healing. Every time the pool was stirred, he was reaching. He was reaching. And all he really needed was to stand. But his condition and the pain that he dealt with for 38 years, he couldn't even see his own breakthrough. He had it in him the whole time. But what he was doing was reaching for other things that was going to satisfy him for a moment. But God comes into the picture. Jesus comes into the picture and says, hey, do you want to get well? And if I'm the guy, I'm like, hey, I wanted to get well 38 years ago. Where, where, where were you? And did you see what the guy did? God said, hey, do you want to get well? And the guy gave him every excuse of why he's not well. Well, I tried to get to the pool, and every time I tried to get to the pool, somebody stepped over me. But the reality is he was reaching for things that were not going to bring his healing. Then Jesus gets in the picture, and he says, hey, I, I see your pain. Now get up. See, some of the hardest things to do is getting up in the midst of our pain. It's easy to sit in it because even though it hurts it reminds me of the thing that hurt me even though it, it stings and i don't want it, it in a crazy weird way it brings me comfort because i have control see god is saying today that your pain is real but your healing only comes when you get up 
and you walk forward. See, the guy had to literally listen to God in this, Jesus in this moment. It is, he said, I have to get up. And when Jesus said, get up, in his mind, I'm like, God, God, I can't get up. It's too much. What you're telling me, I can't do. But God said, hey, get up anyways. Get up anyways. And when he, when he operated in the obedience, he got his Blessing. He got his healing. See, the level of the mat was not good enough. God said, your destination is not your mat. Your destination is not where you've been 38 years. No, it's time to get up from that and move forward to what I have for you. This doesn't identify you anymore. You need to get up. You need to think higher about yourself. You need to operate in a different glory. You need to say to yourself, I am not where I need to be, but I need to get up to where I need to go. It's time for us to stop living in the pain. Even though it's real, we need to operate in the obedience. I can't stay here. I got to move forward. Listen, brothers and sisters, it is time to move on. It's time to move on. God wants us to have this rhythm of healing, but we can't settle in our pain. In Psalms chapter 30, verse 4 and, and, and 5, it says, Sing praises to the Lord all you saints, and give him thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but what joy comes in the morning. Jonathan, find some worship music to play back there in the background, because I can't play piano. You don't want me to hear that. The last thing I want to talk to you today is we not only need to deal with the pain, we also need to deal with the crowd. This one's hard for me because sometimes I listen to the crowd more than I listen to the voice of God. Because you have to say what this world is telling me to go after, I need to see what God wants for me. We need to change our perspective. See, we see here in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 20 to 22, a lady with an issue of blood. And we see her dealing with this issue for 12 years. And he had, she had a crowd. She didn't have a faith issue. She had a crowd issue. There was too many people, too many opinions blocking her from getting to Jesus. What if Jesus is waiting for you to push past the crowd? What if Jesus is saying, listen, I'm here. I never left you, which he is saying this to you today. But you have put too many things in front. You have arrived to this place that you have put too many walls, too many opinions, too many things that are going to block you from getting to me. You need to make a decision. Are you going to stay in the crowd or are you going to push through to me? See, there has to be something that you activate in your life to push 
through. You have to push through. You have to push through the opinions. Sometimes you have to push through some of the opinions, uh, some of the people that are giving you advice. Some of you have to push through. You got to listen clearly to the word of God because Jesus is there. He wants to heal you. And what healed the lady wasn't a word from God. It was his, her obedience to touching his garment. She said, I got close enough. See, this is what we want. We want God to give this ottoman voice to us for us to move. What if the lady just stood there and just waited for Jesus to turn around? God, I pushed through some things, and I'm here. But her reaching out, saying, God, I need to do my part. Mm. I need to do my part. And when she reached out, then it got the attention of God. Whoa. What, what came out of me? She was healed instantly. See, we heard this story multiple times, especially if you've been in church forever in, in, your, in your life. But the reality is there's a push that has to happen. Some of the purest worship is when you have to push. Some of the, some of the, somebody, some people say, oh, you're just being fake in your worship. No, 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 no. I'm pushing through. I don't feel it, but I still worship. I, I, I don't, I, I, my, my situation, my life, my week has been horrible. Sometimes the most purest thing you can do is push. To push through to your breakthrough. Push through to your blessing. You got to push. You got to push. You can't quit. You got to keep on pushing because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is your healer right here. But it says you have to do something about it. You have to push past the crowd. It's not good enough that we just wait. We got to push. You got to get some things out of your life. You got to get some voices out of your life. You also got to put some good voices in your life as well. It's a push. We have to push our way sometimes. All this revolved around us having the even though mentality. Even though there's that crowd, I still trust and believe. Even though I feel the pain, I still trust and I still believe. We have to have the even though mentality, not my feelings, but I need to operate in his obedience. Psalms chapter 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David knew that the even though mentality had to be something on the inside of him. We need to change this rhythm in our life to, man, they hurt me, so I quit. No, no, no. Sometimes it's like even I have to go. I have to learn what from this thing. And even though that situation happened, I still am standing firm. I still trust and I still believe. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.